This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. By the book on BFM 89.9. Hello, everybody, and welcome to By the Book. I'm Lee Chui Lin, and with me is my fellow book and word nerd, Shamila Ganesan. Hello. And that is very important because today it is just us two. It has not been just us two for a while. Hello, Shamila. It's been a while. I know. This feels kind of odd suddenly, yes, even though it is us on the show all the time. I know. Um, but we actually don't have a guest, and that's because um, we thought that the two of us nerding out about Scrabble for half an hour was quite enough. Um, we are today, of course, uh, going to be book clubbing Queen of the Tiles by Hannah Alkaf. Um, and this is going to be our book club for the month of June. I'm very excited to talk about this, particularly because ever since we interviewed Hannah uh, on the occasion of her previous book, where she told us that her upcoming <laughs> upcoming novel was going to be about a murder mystery set at a Scrabble tournament, I've been wanting to read this book. Uh, I love Scrabble. I'm certainly not at tournament level, uh, but I love Scrabble. I love word games and general word nerdery. So I was very excited to read this one. Um, I think we'll... I'll I'll save the bulk of my opinions for later. I will say that the joys of reading a book that's so about so much about Scrabble, really like diving deep into uh, definitions and calculating the, the the value of tiles, that for me was super fun. So I'm nowhere near uh, queen of the tiles level of Scrabble. No, no. I will say that. I am still going to play Chi, um, you know, <laughs> when, when strategically relevant or perhaps not strategically relevant. It's just what I know how to play. Um, but this is the kind of thing that the characters in the book would look down on me upon. Uh, would look down on me for and, you know, fair dues. So um, Queen of the Tiles is the story of um, primarily, I suppose, Najwa, uh, who's returning to a Scrabble tournament a year after a really traumatising event in which her best friend Trina, uh, the former Queen of the Tiles, the sort of one to beat, um, kind of passed away suddenly mid-game or at the end game. And um, she's returning in order to reclaim the title for her friend. However, um, in the course of re-immersing herself in this world of the tournament of Scrabble, she encounters people from the past, people who were there last year. Uh, there's also a sudden round of releases on Instagram and social media that has her questioning what's actually happening, who was behind the death of her friend. And and that kind of sets us up, although there are also more complicated um, sub-stories, I think, to do with things like mental health and female friendships and, and that stuff that we can get into. So worth saying that uh, the novel is actually a, a locked room mystery. Um, the, a locked hotel mystery. That's right. A Joho <laughs> hotel at that. Um, everyone's, everyone that's anyone in the story is pretty much confined to the Scrabble tournament uh, that's taking place. So that's kind of fun because it's a pretty large cast of characters and you circulate and it's almost in that classic mystery sense. You get to know a little bit about each character. Everyone seems like they could have done it. Um, all that is fun as well. I will say though that I think um, for a book that for a book that promises a lot because even from the start you know grief is laid out mental health is laid out uh, female friendships is laid out um, adolescence and and growing up is laid out as well I feel like the book doesn't necessarily deliver on all of those it is actually a very slim book um, and so perhaps because of that as well I feel like it's it's bitten off a little bit more than it successfully chews uh, but it doesn't mean that the book is not fun and enjoyable to read in fact it's it's great 
fun to read. You can kind of just like read through it really quickly. I just wish that some of those heavier topics were more substantively dealt with. So uh, you and I have rather different reading experiences on this, I think. Where we converge is the agreement that it's a very fun book. Mm. Um, I do think that, and, and we can come to this later, but I do think that I enjoyed it overall more than more than you did. Um, you know, at, that at least is what I've gleaned from our off-air conversations. And um, I, I agree with you that it is a very fun, very quick, very propulsive read. Um, the, the mystery element, uh, the tournament structure, the fact that you are following somebody progressing through a tournament. I think anybody who enjoys sports movies or um, you know, competitive elements in their story, storytelling, storylines will enjoy this and also recognize the structure and speed it gives the novel because you're progressing you're you're moving along you're going from the group stages to you know the next level with each thing um with each thing coming with its own ratcheting up of difficulty and i think that's very enjoyable you add the mystery part to that um the re immersion or re-bringing up of old wounds. And, and, you know, all of it makes for quite a potent mix in terms of the pace of the story and of you just being pulled along in this thing and going, well, what's happening? Who did this? What is all this? And so I, I like that. I was casting about at the time for a book that would meet exactly those needs. I had been having trouble focusing on um, the more uh, the more the heavier novels that I'd been attempting to read and then abandoning. So I think Queen of the Tiles was exactly what I needed to get me back in a reading groove. And it has, because it has that readable quality to it. So I think I'm almost the opposite because of how um, Hannah's previous book, um, The Girl and the Ghost, took on a structure that was very deceptively light and simple, mm. but then ended up using that to so beautifully talk about some extremely dark and heavy themes. We both loved that book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's probably my favourite of her three novels that have come out so far. And I suppose I expected this to be like that, um, particularly because there have been conversations around um, how this book touches on things like grief and mental health. So maybe going in, I expected it to pay off in a way that it ultimately didn't. And that's why I felt like this wasn't as successful as I'd like it to be. Um, to add on though, to all of the things you said, and I completely agree, the book does such a good job of making Scrabble seem like a breakneck sport, um, which which it is. I mean, not to bag on it at all. I'm sure if you compete professionally or, or um, if you compete in them, it is quite breakneck and, and fraught with all of these tensions. I also love the frame of the actual book. Each chapter begins with um, a word and a definition um, with the point scores and then that kind of frames what happens in the chapter. It also frames how Najwa might think of something that is about to unfold. So I thought that was very clever. Um, and she makes a lot of, uh, she makes a big deal out of the fact that she's one of the few Scrabble players who are not just concerned with the value of the word, but also the meanings of words. And, and as someone who just loves things like synonyms and and um, descriptions and, and definitions. Um, I found that really fun as well. Um, I feel like I wanted, I, I think overall for me, I could have done with more um, in all senses. I think this could have been a, a, a longer novel. It could have developed more. Even this story with all of the different characters that were almost just given 
a little bit of an insight into, it could have been more than what it was. Yeah, I would have been happy to spend a bit more time in the world of the hotel and these, um, they're high schoolers, aren't they? They're, they're, they're in secondary 16, school. 16, 17. Yeah, you know, um, these secondary school students who are all converging, who clearly come from all over the place, from Singapore, <laughs> from, you know, international school, um, you know, just kind of gathering here and there is also that weird sense of community who rather dislikes one another, right? Yes, yes. Um, because they are a competitive community. And so they, they understand and recognize each other through a very competitive lens. They're not looking at each other necessarily as like, hey, you're a friend. Instead, it's a, ah, I know your gameplay. I can beat you. <laughs> and, you know, so, so I like that about it. And that brings me, I think we've got time to talk a little bit about, or should we save it for the second half? Let's save it for the second half because I wanted to talk about Najwa yeah. in a little bit more detail because we've been talking about the world and the setting. And um, in some ways, I think it's a little bit telling that we haven't actually spoken that much about the central character or how she relates and ties in the other themes that we were talking about around mental health and so on. So that's what we'll be focusing on uh, in the second half of the show. We are book clubbing Hannah Alkaf's Queen of the Tiles, which just came out this year, very recently, actually. And we'd like to hear from you. Have you read it? Um, do you also love Scrabble? You can WhatsApp <laughs> us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. And as always, of course, you can also write to us at buythebook at bfm.my. Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Buy the Book with Lynn and Sharmila, two people who never made it to a Scrabble tournament. Might not do that well, uh, but nevertheless, kind of, I don't know about you, do you secretly now want to try out? I secretly want to start playing proper Scrabble with people I enjoy playing it with. I don't think I'd stand a chance in a tournament. Also, also, just to say, I'm not a fan of the, the intensely point-based system. I'm more of a word lover. I get that. Um, it's also why I lose a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people always think readers do well, but that's not no. how it works. We're too tied to the whimsy of the words. Yeah, it's like, ooh, Ortolan. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> we're talking about Queen of the Tiles, which is a murder mystery um, written by Hannah Alkaf, set in the world of competitive Scrabble. And... Um, I mentioned in the summary earlier that this story is primarily that of Najwa's, um, you know, a returning Scrabble, not champ, silver medalist in yes. some ways, um, because her best friend, the gold medalist, the queen of the tiles, Trina Theo, died. And um, so that sets us up in a few ways, right? Because that is the primary mystery that the, the book aims to address on the one hand. Um, but it is also the central trauma of Najwa's life. And so I think um, there are some things in this that are done very well and others less so. So, um, for example, I think that Najwa's emptiness, her complicated feelings towards her friend Trina, um, her complicated relations, uh, relationships with Trina's other friends, her ex-boyfriend, you know, things like that. I think some of that is played out quite well. And that lives, uh, and that, that has life because Najwa is not concerned with likability. And before we get into some of the issues with the central character, I just wanted to say that up front because I actually really enjoyed how she was fine being unlikable. 
That's true. Um, and, and that's, I think, got to do with um, the thing you said before the break, right? The fact that as a setting, they're not there to make friends. Um, and I think that makes an interesting dynamic. It's different from, in fact, there are characters in the novel who know each other from like a regular school and then have ended up in this tournament. And so that's combined with people that you only see a few times a year, but you have this like odd competitive relationship with. You do. Um, and you also have a peculiar understanding of them as people. Because yes. um, what I enjoy about the way Najwa relates to others is that she views them all through the lens of how they play. Um, in she other literally w- has notes on them just based on what kind of competitor they are. And what that says about their personality. And I think that that kind of dynamic makes for a fun way to observe other characters. Um, but but it does also mean that Najwa doesn't always turn that lens upon herself, which means that you are spending a lot of time with a character who's actually less described and less defined than the the people she's observing. And that for me was one of the primary challenges with this book, um, that I couldn't necessarily connect with the lead or the protagonist uh, of the story. Um, Najwa is kind of the, the the lens through which we see everyone and everything else, but very little actually involves her. Even though the, the main thrust of losing a friend and um, the anxiety or the grief that comes after is supposed to be about her, right? But again, that also felt like one of the least developed things about the the novel. So, but, you know, we've also spoken about, and this is a well-defined trope by now, that when it comes to young adult novels, which which this is, I think, ostensibly, right? Because um, while it has darker themes, a lot of YA novels have darker themes, the, the characters and the story and the setting, it's all very YA. And we've spoken a lot about how YA protagonists are often ciphers, yes. right? They, they're often avatars to just allow people to go in and inhabit the the feelings or to, to place yourself in the role of this character. And does that not work here? Not for me. And, and I, I'm not able to put my finger on why. Again, maybe it's just too short somehow. Um, there's not enough um, introspection. There's not enough... Uh, actually... In a weird way, even though Najwa is taking you through the whole story, you never actually spend time with her. You're always spending time with her in the company of other people. Um, and so I think that's partly why uh, the the propulsion of the story is more this fraught relationships than it is her journey. And maybe I wanted more of her journey. Mm. So I was going to say that I think uh, what it is here is that she is simultaneously not very defined and quite well defined. Um, You know, she's, like we said earlier, um, very smart, uh, quite prickly. And and this is something that, you know, you get not just in terms of how she thinks about herself, but clearly in the way that other people relate to her. So um, there are specificities about her as a character that also mean that if you don't identify with who she is, if you are more of a Rama Masra type, for example, in, in this sort of setting, then you might not be able to just kind of neatly slip into those shoes. Um, and I think that this in some ways extends to, to Trina, who is the eponymous, um, or at least at the start of the book, Queen of the Tiles. Yes. And I think that um, she she's interesting because She's quite a fascinating character. Fascinating enough that apparently a documentary can be made about her <laughs> <laughs> um, by two YouTubers a year after she passes. Um, but she is also, she's kind of a lot of different things. I, I 
this is not criticism. I found it quite interesting the way Trina was written and expressed because she's simultaneously very complicated and not super likable and um, had very was very different to different people. But at the same time, she's also written about in an almost dream girl-like aspect. Yes. Um, and in fact, I often felt like, could I imagine her in the same school as some of these other kids, mm. you know? Um, and that's something I think also has to do with um, another thing about the book that I, I, I wouldn't say struggled with, but perhaps was not the thing that I could latch on too easily, which is the language. Um, and I don't mean the language the, or the way it's written. I mean the literal language that they speak in. All the characters speak in a, a very specific way. They have specific references, which don't sound, one, they're not necessarily distinct enough from each other. The other thing is that these are meant to be teenagers in present day, in Malaysia. And they don't sound that way. They make references to things like um, Planeteers or Mariah Carey, which is something that I think when I was in school, I would make references to. Uh, and so it's it's that, right? It's So all of them kind of don't quite... I cannot tell who they're supposed to be. Not in dialogue. Mm. So um, they... In their backstories, it's actually quite clear and everybody yes. is quite distinct in that sense, right? They're, they're well described physically. Uh, they're well described in terms of their character traits. It's when they start speaking mm. and speaking to one another um, that it all kind of blends a little bit into a series of witty repartee and um, confessionals and put downs. So it, it kind of has that vibe, um, which I was um, thinking about as you were speaking and thinking, I, I read this uh, before you did. I finished it before you did. And I did mention to you that the dialogue was something that I was kind of working around. And by the time I finished the book um, and I've had time to sit with it and think about it, I realized I like it. Um, and I think that I, I like it because it's funny. And um, in the sense that I think we can agree the book um, is is quite humorous. Um, everybody in it is very witty. So because of that, there are a lot of like, subtle little exchanges and, and stuff like that. That's quite fun. Planeteers is always going to be a great <laughs> reference by my book. Um, but I had to overlook this. So what, when I say that I like it, what I mean is I had to get past it and now I like it because it's um, part and parcel of what was to me a funny and charming enough read. However, if I really sat with it and started to think about why people talk this way, um, basically I had to accept it as a norm. Like a norm for the book. Like um, that's the world this book lives in. Exactly. Mm. Uh, that's the world this book lives in. I had to make the kinds of allowances for it that I typically make for genre books. And once I did that, once there was that adjustment of, of lens for me personally, it was fine. And perhaps the reason I'm struggling with it is because once I think of a story as being set in Malaysia, mm. it becomes Johor. very close, right? Johor, right? Yeah. So then you you almost in your head know how people might sound. And so then when that's not there, you're just a little bit more resistant to being able to slip fully into the story. Mm. So I think I read this um, without... Strange to say about a Malaysian author writing a story in Malaysia. I think I, I slipped into it as just a story about high school or secondary school students, I read it as um, the the logline. <laughs> so it is a murder mystery set in a Scrabble tournament yep. by a girl who's um, you know told by a girl who's grieving the loss of her best friend. And if I take it like that, 
and I divorce it from the context of Malaysia. And if you did, and if we replace the names, right, if we didn't have a putri and instead we had a, nobody's named Patricia, I think. Um, <laughs> if, if you are a teenage Patricia, I apologize, but I don't think it's a common name at the moment. But um, yeah, you know, if, if we replace the names like that, I don't think you would have the same issues. No, because actually it's written very much in the style of most young adult novels in a sort of very... Um, Middle ground. Almost breezy. Breezy and neutral mm. um, voice. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. Um, I think it's just not what I went into. The, so a lot of my, uh, I think a lot of my challenges with this book um, comes from expectation um, and perhaps having a very different idea of what I wanted from it. So, okay, if we were to boil it down then, do we recommend I think it's worth a read because it's a fun read. You said it was funny. It is funny. Uh, the frame of it is interesting. And I think we don't quite have a story like this, right? Um, so yes, and, and because it's also easy, read it. It's it's a fun, easy read. Yes. So I, I agree with all of that. I also think, um, to me, the stuff about grief and anxiety, I think, worked a little bit better um, and was a bit more effective for me. And, and that has to do, I think, with the reframing that happened for me very early on. Once they started talking to one another, even to their parents, I was like, OK, so um, if, if I don't think about this so much as a Malaysian story, uh, if I don't think of her as somebody I might have sat next to in class, then it's fine. And divorced of all that, divorced of the Malaysian-ness, um, I think that it actually was quite effective in terms of the more emotional stuff that it set out to do as well. So, yeah, uh, I would recommend, especially if you love Scrabble. Oh, yes. Mm. I think if you love any kind of um, non-physical sports, can I say <laughs> that? I think this is this is actually funny because it's exactly that. It's almost the anti-sports movie. It's it a is. Scrabble book. It's a Scrabble book. Um, if you're a board game nerd, <laughs> basically, you know, if, if you enjoy competition without having to move anything but your hands... <laughs> And your mind. And your mind, of course. <laughs> then um, you would like this book. Uh, I, I think also if you like genre reads, if you like mysteries, things like that, um, it's it's a fun one. So we've been talking today about Queen of the Tiles by Hannah Alkaf. Uh, let us know if you've read it, if you are also a non-physical competitor um, <laughs> that, that would like to join our discussion. You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, write to us at buythebook at bfm.my. brings us to footnotes. Um, so we've got a quick one for you today because it's not exactly a reading recommendation. Instead, uh, in the spirit of Queen of the Tiles, we are going to be talking about word games. Um, this thing that we love so much and um, I I'm just going to speak for myself, not for you, are uh, deeply mediocre at. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm deeply mediocre at Scrabble. I'm really not great. I'm great at Bananagrams. <laughs> So it really depends. Scrabble is intimidating you. And that's probably why I'm not as like I've played with people who get so competitive with it. Whereas I'm just happy that I made a word with Q and U and scored like 30 points. And everyone's like, no, but if you save that and put it on the triple word score, like. Here's the thing about Scrabble. So 
Uh, we're, we're, we're not here just to talk about Scrabble, but I mean, I have some stuff to unpack, I guess. Um, I, here's the thing about Scrabble. I think um, for people who play for love of words, when you try to switch to a more mathematical style of play, which is what wins, yes, right? Which, which is, I don't enjoy. Yes. Um, and then you still lose. <laughs> that's, that's when the, the real kind of hatred and this idea of, you know what, maybe, maybe I take a step back from this. That's when it starts to creep in, which is why I said neither of us are ever going to make it to that hotel in JV. No, and you know, I have to say, I first developed my love of Scrabble through the grandparents and great mm. great aunts and great uncles in my family. So they were, one, very forgiving of my nonsense. You got quart! Yeah, yes. <laughs> you added a Z and now you've got quart. Exactly. And they were also not, like, competitive. They were just lovers of words. Passing the time. Exactly. So... I would. I mean, I still think Scrabble's great fun. I think you just need to pick who you play with, mm. and you need you need to know what kind of player you are, because if you're a competitive one, you're just going to break other people's spirit. Um, yes, I, I have been broken many a time. So um, yeah, I I think um, I go through phases with Scrabble and Words with Friends and, and you know, the, the equivalent. I know the bots are different, but I'm just saying that. I love Words with Friends, though. And, mm. and app-wise, Words with Friends is so much better than the Scrabble Go app. Yes, I agree. Um, I, I attempted both and then, yeah. But um, I think that... I think that those have their place and time. And then there are the other types of word games that you're just playing against yourself. And that's a whole different category. Are you talking about Wordle? Are we at the point of the show where we can say Wordle now? Uh, yeah, I think I think we are. Um, I was thinking also of Boggle, but is that even a word game? Boggle is a word game, isn't it? But yes. You, is that one you play against yourself? I was thinking crossword puzzles because I, mm. I love them. And oh, I love crossword puzzles. Yeah. yeah, but let's talk about Wordle. So I've, I fell out of love with Wordle a couple of months ago, I have to say. Um, but for a time, that was my everyday. And I think, I think when... It just kind of hit the sweet spot, right? For like word nerds everywhere to get a daily little word puzzle delivered to you. Uh, a daily little puzzle that you could solve in your own time. That I mean, that had a competitive element in the sense that everybody was sharing their their wordles, and you could see the people who um, you know weren't familiar with JFK, for example, <laughs> and, and were taken out by said Noel. Um, so you you could see these sorts of patterns, but mostly it was a pleasure in yourself, in um, you know getting that blend of let's try the vowels and now let's try the com. And you know consonants, and let's do this and that. Um, but it didn't have that that divide between mathematical and word definition lover. Yes, that it's the a word have. game that's it's that's a it's a word game that isn't actually secretly like a math game. Yes, but um, I think that you and I both fell out of love with Wordle at around the same time, and it had to do with the well, the New York Times in part, um, and then also the fact that. We say it's not competitive, but the truth is the daily streak is a point of pride for many. And when you forget said streak because you were sick or busy or just, you know... Or because it didn't port over when New York Times took over. Yes, or you only remember at 11.58pm and it was just disaster. Um, all of that kind of leads you to thinking, what's the point? <laughs> Yeah, I have to confess that I also quit when I realized that my streak was gone. And again, to go back to what you said about it being an individual thing, 
not necessarily also, right? Because you spend a fair amount of time discussing Wordles with the people around you, even if you don't necessarily share it online. Um, my friends and I would compare streaks, not so much to show each other up, but as a point of pride. And when I couldn't anymore, because I was back to like zero, I was like, nope. Nope, I'm not restarting this. Um, and, and I haven't. I mean, I've gone back occasionally when I'm bored just to do a wordle here and there. But I'm by no means as invested as I used to be. So I wanted to um, kind of span off of wordle to talk about two things. Firstly, uh, katapat, which yes. we, we talked about a bit, I think, on our other shows, um, which is Malay wordle and was... Fantastic. Such a great challenge um, because vowels have completely different meanings in when, when you're playing in the Malay language. And even the, the, the consonants that you think are the most common because like you want to you wanna sort of take a guess, but BM and English are so different. Jalan and Jalo are both <laughs> possibilities that in English you just never try, you know. So um, things like that were really fun. Um, the other one was, did you ever play Quirtle? No, I didn't. I've I've seen people post, but I haven't. So Quirtle, um, in case you've not had the pleasure or you're needing a new challenge um, from, from Wordle, is a quadruple Wordle. In other words, you're trying to solve four Wordles at the same time. Right. Um, and you've got nine guesses to solve all four words, um, but every word you put down echoes across the four boards. That sounds very stressful. I hated it, but yeah. <laughs> um, I know people who really enjoyed it and I, uh, I I wanted to bring it up as an offering for all you Wordle people who might still be into it and, and looking for something new, I guess. I wanted to like pivot back to old school physical games. Um, I mentioned Bananagrams earlier, which if you haven't played, is so much fun. Uh, basically, you get to form anagrams out of words that come out of a pouch shaped like a banana. Bananagrams. Sure. Uh, but also on that fruit theme, um, I was reminded of Apples to Apples, uh, which is about um, adjectives and nouns. Essentially, it's a word slash card game where everyone gets a noun and an adjective and the person who makes the best combination of noun to adjective gets points. Like nerdy, fun word games that adults can have fun with and kids can have fun with. Yeah, I, I'm actually really feeling like it's been ages since I did one of these and, and I want to. I don't know if I'm going back to Scrabble, but but I'm happy to try a bananagram, I think. Um, I, I, I've been burned. I guess I've been burned worse than I thought. Um, we've been talking today about word games. We'd like to hear from you. Um, are you a competitive word gamer, right? Do you love your Scrabble and your words at friends? Um, or are you more of a solo word gamer in the form of, say, Wordle? Um, do you love the old school versions? Have we missed mentioning any of your favourites? Let us know. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, write to us at bythebook at bfm.my. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.